Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. I'm joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, TC. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. It's been a while since we linked up for a yes. show. You've been on, you've been being lazy on holiday, basically. Um, but it's good to have you back. It's good to chat. There's not been too many arguments and I've missed them. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun discussing the end of the transfer window, of course. Good morning, chatbox. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us. Do leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. We kick off uh, with Hector Bellerin this morning. Um, reports suggest that Real Betis', Real Betis is a difficult word to talk about possessively. Um, Real Betis is in kind of unwillingness to spend this summer and in combination with Arsenal's worsening situation regarding their sales, looks as though it's leading towards a point at which Arsenal may soften their stance and Betis are kind of hoping that a cancellation of another contract might happen. What do you make of of this story? Uh, It's disappointing because I think the last few windows, we've been very critical of ourselves and again, we're struggling to, to get rid of players. Sometimes it's out of Edu's hands because some of the players just don't perform. But I think Bellerin is a valuable player. Um, he done well for Real Betis last season. And because of that, this is a different situation to players like Mustafi, uh, Kolasinac, for example, because Bellerin has value to his name. I don't think we should release him from his contract. At the end of the day, he's contracted to the club. If that happens all the time where a, play, a, a club struggles to sell a player, then no clubs will generate any revenue at all. And because... Real Betis can't afford Bellerin doesn't mean we should suddenly just cancel his contract to let him go. That's not the way football works. Now, Arsenal want to be ruthless in a transfer window. They have to be ruthless. Like the income means that we have to be ruthless with the, outgo- with the outgoings as well. So with Bellerin, he's a valuable player and we must get money for him. Yeah, I think that it depends on kind of what value we put on it. I mean, what do you think for a player? Let's talk about the context of the situation. He wants to go to Betis. He has a year left on his deal. Arsenal are happy to move him on. Um, Betis are a club that don't have much money at all. What do you think we should be looking to try and get for him? I've always said I've said five to ten million. I think I'd say I'd accept around the five million pound mark. I'd accept it. And I think that is a big that is a big boost for Arsenal because some transfers you can miss out on five million. I think of Rafinha where he wasn't able to up the price. For example, Tillemans who's worth around twenty five to thirty. That extra five million can be a big boost alongside the wages. So. With Real Betis struggling, of, of course, I'd, I'd, I'd consider five million, but it has to, be, has, to be, has to be between the five to ten million mark, nothing lower than that. And I think that's what Bellerin's worth when he has a contract with just one year remaining on it. So I'll take around that price. But again, Real mm. Betis, they were, I know they were interested in Hussein Alda previously, so I don't know how they can afford to, to uh, register interest in other players if they can't afford the low price of Bellerin. That does interest me too. Yeah, look, I think he has a year left on his deal. There was a report, I'm not sure how true it is, and I can't even reference it, unfortunately. Like I thought I saw around £4 million being rejected, I think, at some point. But I don't see why Arsenal will reject that at this stage. I feel like they would just accept it and, and move on. Um, Bellerin seems very willing to move to Betis. If he is willing, he knows he's going to have to take a significant pay cut to do that. He only has the one year left on his deal. It just seems like a a worsening situation that Arsenal try and need to move on from. But it's really difficult. Like, do you have sympathy for Edu in this window around sales? Because, you know, we've got all these players left over, mainly from a previous regime. um, And we've got to try and move them on. But at the same time, we've got to try and arrest 
our sales reputation so that we don't leave ourselves weak in the market in the coming years? Is there a level of sympathy that we should have or is it simple as going, no, this is his job. He needs to sort and sort out things and get the best money for the situation. No, absolutely. You're completely right, Tease. I think what you said at the beginning, some of these players are from a previous regime where the players seriously underperformed, seriously lost their value. And sometimes you can't sell something that's not valuable. I don't think anyone wants to buy something that is not valuable. So for example, players like Mustafi, no one is going to buy Mustafi after these poor performances. And now... (laughs) It seems Bellerin, of course, is a good player. Now they seem to not be able to afford Bellerin. But you do have to give sympathy to Edu. I think if it's players from Arteta's reign where, let's say, for example, it's uh, a Reese Nelson, for example. We want to sell Reese Nelson. We want to get money for him. If we can't get money for Reese Nelson, then I'd be, I'd question Edu because he had a very good loan spell away at Feyenoord, for example. And so players like that, for example, I know Nuno Tavares is also getting a lot of interest. So there is credit to Edu there and he's standing firm. So... I think with players in the previous regime, I think really they we need a clean slate. We need to get rid of all those players and then we judge Edu on the players that are fresh here now, signed under Arteta and then want to, when an Arteta wants to move them on, we should judge him on those type of styles, for example. I'm very happy with what we're doing with Nuno Tavares. I'm just thinking of one of the most recent outgoings that's been rumoured to move away from the club. We're standing firm, no option to buy. I like that from Edu. I think that's how ruthless we should be in the window. Mm. I think that's an example of what he can be like when it's a player who actually has some value to his name and he can actually manoeuvre in the market. Do you think Leno's price of £8 million is too small? That's a good question. I think Leno's been a good servant to the club. I think, again, mm. he's another player under the previous regime. I think I'd take upwards of 10 to £20 million for, for Bert Leno. Seeming as though £20 to, million. Wow. 10 to 20 in between that bracket, in between that bracket. Because <laughs> was, a lot, was able to get a lot for Emiliano Martinez, of course, a couple of years ago from Aston Villa. So if you compare it to that. But again, £8 million, I wouldn't shout. I wouldn't absolutely spit water out my mouth and say, what is the, what are we doing? No, I would not do that. But I'd take 10 to 20 million in between that bracket, but 8 million is also not bad for, for Berlin. Yeah, like, I don't know whether or not the details are that, you know, this is an 8 million surface figure and that it will grow to, to an additional amount of money with add-ons. We don't know that yet, but it seems Arsenal are just kind of really trying to push the button on, on getting players out because we know that we can't really bring any more in until we've moved players on because the squad is just too bulky you know at this stage and rumors regarding potential signings have gone very very cold over the last 48 hours we're not seeing links despite the efforts of the french media in particular to try and continue to link paqueta with a move to arsenal we've heard from edu himself that arsenal are well stocked in that position and currently we're not pursuing him um i think that that will change in the last few weeks of the window but going into the brand new season you know we've got games against palace Leicester, Fulham, Villa and Bournemouth, I think, are the five games, not particularly in that order. Palace are first. But they're five very winnable games with the team that we have right now that we could afford to still sign players after the season starts. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think at the moment, Eddie's focus is getting rid of players so he can, again, once again, build up the the strength and the financial capabilities to sign players. I think, as Mm. you mentioned, the game against Palace, the the squad we have is very winnable. I think pre-season showed that we are in a very strong position, so we don't need to rush. We don't need to panic by it early into the window. If the right signing pops up, we're all signing. But I must stress, we do need more signings before the end of the window because going into the season, it's going to be a very, very busy season. The busiest season we've ever played in, playing in Europa League, of course, the World Cup break, which means more games. So, we are going to need to strengthen in depth and in the wing positions, uh, in defence as well, Anfield. So, yeah, there is more more acquisition, acquisitions definitely needed for now. But I think for the start of the season, we're good because the fixtures are very favourable. If it was last season, we'd be, we'd be worrying because 
of course, we played Chelsea and City in the first three games, but we do have time. I think at the moment, Edu needs to offload a couple of players, as, as you said, just to just to generate funds so we can buy the players we want. Yeah, indeed. I, I absolutely agree. I think that we need to move these players on as quickly as possible and ensuring we do that, which should mean that we can get one or two potentially two who knows I think it'll be more closer to one to be honest before the window finishes but I think there's a real uh, chance of Arsenal being able to do it the other big bit of news yesterday was that Arsenal played their I think what fifth pre-season friendly sixth maybe if you count Ipswich as well we've had you know Ipswich Nuremberg the three games in the US and now uh, a game against Brentford our first loss of pre-season you know Arsenal lost 2-1 uh, to their fellow Premier League rivals the team was not exactly made up of you know first team squad members there weren't too many at all in fact the lineup for those that aren't aware was Turner Cedric Walters Holding Tavares Elneny Lakonga, Maitland-Niles Marquinhos Nelson and Nketiah with some youth players like Sosa, Saka Jr. or and Patino coming off the bench. So there's upwards of 15 senior players that weren't involved. How much do we read into this one, Bailey? Uh, not at all, not at all. Firstly, it's a behind-the-closed doors game for a reason. Mm. Secondly, the lineups just show that I think Arteta was just maybe getting a last-minute assessment of players who are on the fringes and who maybe he could maybe break into the team or maybe he wants to keep, wants to sell before the end of the window. I don't, I don't think we should look into it uh, too much whatsoever. But yeah, mm. it would have been nice to continue the unbeaten run in pre-season. I don't know if you can count that uh, as as a towards the unbeaten one if it was behind closed doors. I don't know no. how if that works. <laughs> but technically, we're still unbeaten if you, if you want to look at it that way. Oh, we're reaching now. We are reaching. <laughs> um, what do you make of the fact that Tavares started this game? There were some interesting reports yesterday that his move to Atalanta had hit problems do you think that's an indication that maybe Atalanta are calling their interest on him potentially potentially but of course there's other players in the team who I don't expect to stay beyond the end of the window like players like mm. Maitland now so maybe um Arteta was just filling us filling the gap really and making sure Sinchenko and Tini just come back to training that are fully fit for the season and raring to go but again with Tavares's move to Atlanta, I'm kind of happy personally because I want to see Tavares stay in the Premier League. I'd like to see a low move. I mentioned I done an article yesterday on mm. how I'd like to see him at Brighton. I think it'd be perfect to learn under Graham Potter. If Kukurela does go to Manchester City, then Tavares learning under Graham Potter would be the perfect move to him. And he did impress me um, with his cameo against Chelsea. I think there is there's a player in there. There's a player in there. And we must must make sure we do not include a buy option in his low move because I think he has a lot of potential. He just needs to just needs to learn the game a little bit. He's still very young. He still has a lot to learn. So let's not uh, sell him with a buy option. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think Tavares is a player that's going to obviously struggle for minutes next season with Zinchenko yeah. and Tierney at the club. I, I see a player in him for the future. I don't think, you know, I think some of the criticisms of him go way overblown considering the performances he's given, especially in the first half of last season. I think that he deserves a season out on loan playing regular football at the top level, whether that's, you know, in Italy, in the Premier League, as you say, it'd be preferable, but guaranteeing yourself minutes in the Premier League is, is difficult. I think that Arsenal are right to to not be looking to include any kind of option unless the option is of a significant fee. You know, if you were looking at 30 million euros, I think I'd be open to that. You know, I think yeah. that that's a very good price for a player like Tavares, especially, and Arsenal would make a significant profit on what they invested. And they've already got, as we say, two starting left backs. So, I think there are benefits to that deal, but there, as we say, there were some rumours that that deal was potentially calling, but him being in that team is no suggestion that it isn't. Charlie Patino only came on for five minutes. This frustrates me. This is a genuine criticism for me. I, I don't know why he's got so few minutes. He's not injured. You know, I think he played in that uh, preseason game for the under-21s against Woking. Um, what, can you 
reason, anything behind a lack of minutes for him? It is weird, especially if we're not going to sign an extra midfielder on the window, which mm. we which we cried out for. I think it's the perfect time to to give Patino those crucial first team minutes, let him get familiar with the first team squad by putting him in the preseason tour and the free, and the preseason team. I think it will. Yeah, it is a weird one. It definitely is. I think it does show maybe that Arteta hasn't lost faith in him, but he maybe doesn't believe that he's just ready yet to play first team football for Arsenal next season. I don't think he will be. Maybe he'll go on loan, but I don't believe he will either. I reckon he'll stay for yeah. another year before he does go on loan. So maybe Arteta thinks he does need to bulk up a little bit because he did look sometimes, phys- phys- uh, physically speaking, he did look a bit weak at times. So maybe he does need to improve in that department. Then Arteta will have more trust in him in the middle of the park. Yeah, Walter's played as well again. You know, yeah. he, he's really catching the eye of Arteta, it seems. And, you know, holding... So, uh, we've got Holding, we've got Saliba and of course White and Gabriel that are our main centre-backs. Marie looks like it could go and interesting that he wasn't included in that squad yesterday either. Um, is there any potential you think Walters could get more minutes in the League Cup and the, and the Europa League group stages this season, do you think? I think there's more of a chance than Fatino simply because he's been, yeah. he's been playing in the team, yeah. of course, went on tour as well. I would say no, simply due to our numbers, but the way Arteta has been trusting him in pre-season, I wouldn't be surprised... Um, of course, you've got Europa League and the Carabao Cup. We don't know the futures of players like Rob Holding, maybe even William Saliba, if you believe the French media. So, mm. yeah, he could he could have a chance to break in. And clearly, Arteta trusts him and he likes him as a player. So why so why not? Why can't he get a, a few minutes in the, in, the, in the first team next season? Let's go into the chat box now to finish off today's show. There's plenty of things that we've got to discuss. And if you've got any questions you'd like to throw in, we'll try and tackle them to the best of our ability. Uh, Arsenal Razor asking the question, who could be Xhaka's backup? Because we've got Elneny and Lukonga, of course, who both played in that game yesterday. But there is, I think, admittedly, quite a drop-off in quality from Partey Xhaka down to those two. What do you think about that as a, as a potential area that we still need to strengthen in? Yeah, it is worrying. I think when Partey or Xhaka both come out um, as a team, there's a big difference. There's a big hole in the squad. I feel like with those two in the middle of the park, Arsenal look like a much different team, a much stronger team. But suddenly when one, one becomes available, unavailable, we look much weaker. So... I think a backup, just a backup midfielder you can maybe play in both roles would be the most suitable option. I think we definitely do need a player of more quality and more experience in midfield just to bridge the gap between Elneny and Sambi to Shaka and, and Party, of course. Yeah, agreed. Uh, look, I think Elneny is massively underrated still yeah. at the club. You know, I think he's a player that's unfashionable. But if I've said a number of times, if it's a choice between having Elneny playing in a game next season or Lucas Torreira playing a game next season, I'd rather have Mohamed Elneny in the team. I really would. I think it's not to you know, downplay how good Torreira is. And I think he had a very decent season for Fiorentina. But I think Elneny's experience, his calmness on the ball, what he brings into the team in that position, you know, the, the the big game mentality, you know, he's had big performances against the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United away from home. And I think he's a very well-respected and well-liked member of the group. And I would rather see him, you know, prioritised over someone like Torreira. And I'd rather us go out and sign someone and, and move someone like Torreira on, even if it was a case of we could turn around Torreira's situation. I'd rather see Elneny preferred over him in a number of games. It's It's strange that he's not particularly fancied. Um, what do you make of kind of Elneny and, and his place in the team? Because he had that extension. I think he's, he's going to be here for another year at least. So what do we think? Yeah, because I think he's not a very desirable player on the eye. I think he plays very simple. Mm. He plays basic. Fans haven't grown to to see anything too special from him. Of course, he's been a player at the club for years now, since 2016. So he's not been like a shiny new toy for Arsenal fans. But as you said, he's literally... Such an important member to the squad. I think he's one of the only players I know who will be happy to sit on the bench and come in for a few games. And that's invaluable because mm. players do like to play football. And then he is a good backup to have. I think a backup is not meant to be sometimes as good 
as your starting player. And I think a backup in El Nene is good enough to come in and, and fill the position. Last season, towards the end of last season, he showed his importance and he showed why he's important to Mikel Arteta. And I think it is unfair sometimes El Nene does get forgotten about. Sometimes he's the forgotten man on the bench. Like, oh yeah, El Nene's on the bench. Let's let's bring him on. But yeah, he's always been important to Arsenal. I think on a, as a substitute as well, if you're winning games, you want to slow the game down. He's good to bring on. So yeah, El Nene is important. I think this season it will prove how important he is because he will get minutes for sure. Indeed. Uh, Stevie says, why isn't Brook Norton Cuffey getting any game time thus far? I, I mean, I'm asking the question at the same time. I, I think the reason he might be that he's, you know, his development's still very much seen in the youth team. He's still only 18 years of age. Um, I, he needs another loan for me, you know, try and yeah. get him a loan to the championship. They're, I'm sure that they would have had plenty of teams interested in trying to sign him because he had such a good loan spell with Lincoln. But yeah, I mean, he could arguably be getting minutes in that game, could he not? Yeah, I agree, but I think he needs another loan as well. I think the championship now is the next step. And then and then we'll see him maybe the season after that play for Arsenal and, and, and really compete to be in a team. Because he did have a good loan spell at Lincoln, but the level was quite low. I think going from that level straight away to the Premier League is is rare and it's risky as well for a defender, a young defender. So he doesn't need another loan just to, in the championship, really just to bulk up his first team experience and play at, at, at a higher level. Yeah, indeed. And he was obviously a big part of that England team that won the under-19s yeah. uh, tournament. So, yeah, fantastic stuff from him in the summer, but it needs to make sure that he's c- continuing that really impressive development that he stepped up a gear with last season. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We'll be back a little bit later on today of another stream, and you'll have plenty more content throughout the rest of the week and through the weekend as we close in on our final preseason game against Sevilla on Saturday. We'll probably put out a reaction to that because we'll be doing the live blog on Saturday. So we'll try and get a live uh, match reaction show after that finishes as well. Bailey, thank you for your time. Always appreciate it. Thank you, TC, and everyone in the comment section as well. Indeed. Uh, We will see you again very, very soon. Drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.